This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hi, everyone. This is not Mike Janung. We have a special week. My, this is Sandy, and um, many of you have heard me before. I'm filling in for Mike. He is actually international, and that's our surprise. Mike is going to call in um, from his trip and share some of his experiences and the things he's seeing internationally. Mike, are you there? I'm here. Great. How's it going? This is all about you and the adventures you're on. So, you want to start? Uh, it's, it's 7 o'clock at night in London, and that's where we are right now. And How are you, Sandy? Oh, it's been great. It's lovely here in Arizona. It's been 70 and beautiful. So, so what's it like? I know you've been running 100 miles an hour, you and Rebecca. Tell us, what's your first shop? Our stop and what's been going on and who have you been visiting? You got work to do. Well, um, yeah, it's been an adventure in, in the weeks leading up to this trip. Um, we experienced quite a bit of spiritual warfare, and I know you saw that too at your your end where you live in Oklahoma, and um, and then uh, we flew out October third. On, on British Airways, and they lost a piece of our luggage. But um, thankfully, they found it and delivered it to the hotel the following day. And then um, I was, we were scheduled to do a Porn to Grace conference in North Wales, and um, the day before I got sick. And, uh, and then that conference didn't happen for a number of reasons. One is that in North Wales, there are a lot. Each area in the UK has their own rules and laws that they enforce for COVID. Mm -hmm. And North Wales was hyper strict and they wanted everybody to sign up. And, you know, signing up to come from a porn, go to a porn conference is always something people want to do when you've got the shame issue. But there were also some other issues with the host church that, that didn't quite go right. So that didn't happen, but I got sick anyway, so I wasn't, wasn't in the best shape to do that on Saturday, and then Sunday they had scheduled me to to speak, to give their Sunday morning message at Sure Hope Church. Um, it was around when, do know, I'm botching that up, <laughs> but it's up around North Wales, and I gave the Sunday morning message and really loved their church service, small church. Mm-hmm. Um they told me they were 135 people strong before COVID and after COVID. Right now they're running around, I don't know, 30 or 40. Wow. And um, 
but their service was beautiful. It was one woman who led worship with a guitar, and she wove prayer into the worship, and it was very moving. And mm-hmm. before she even got up, she spent a lot of time up there on the stage just praying on her own. And so right off the bat, it, I'm liking what I'm seeing because there's prayer right there. And then and then I got up and spoke and hit, hit a number of notes on sexual sin and the need to to get into it and but also into areas that I see Christians struggling in a lot who come to us for help meaning most are isolated and I challenge the audience that um, we have to remove isolation from the church and that when I speak um, sometimes I'll ask people to raise their hands if they meet with another brother or sister in Christ once a week and usually only 20% of the hands go up so there was a challenge um, to not live isolated lives there was a challenge to rest I talked about um, how we see so often people who come to us for help they have no idea what rest of soul is Mm. Um, and they're you know they've been spinning at 100 miles an hour and um, they don't slow down enough to um, spend time with the Lord and I told a story of a pastor who came to us for help. This was some years ago and addicted to porn, around 60 years old, senior pastor, and the elder board of the church calls and says, hey, we want to sign him up, pastor our pastor for the men's group, and is there anything we can do to help? And I said, yes, clean up his schedule so he's free to get his relationship with the Lord right, get his relationship with his wife right, and focus on this. And, of course, um, not only did his schedule not slow down, it tripled in intensity, yeah. and he ended up quitting. And and then I got a call six months later, um, and he had lost his church just because he would not slow down and rest. Mm. So I talked about the need, how rest is critical in the Christian life and how important rest of soul is and and how I prepared for this trip with two days in the desert. And, and then there was a challenge to prayer. Um, talked about how a lot of people who come to us for help don't have much of a prayer life, especially the men. And, and then beforehand, I'd gotten permission from the church to have everybody pray at the end, and we had everybody pray for 10 minutes after the message, and it was <clears throat> it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say this, but normally when I break people up for prayer in American churches, there's a long, slow pause <laughs> mm-hmm. as we wait for somebody to get the guts to start praying. But um, this people, these people in this, these people in this church. They just jumped right in, and I'm talking. I'm not talking about passive, lukewarm prayers. I'm talking about on fire intensity. God uses God does warfare prayers, shut down the work of the enemy, and one guy ended up crying while he was praying. It was just like, wow, this is what we don't see much in churches with fervent prayer. And mm-hmm. I spoke at a church in California and broke him up for prayer. At the end, um, to give you one example, and the pastor told me that after five minutes, everybody stopped praying and we're just chatting. So it was really refreshing to watch um, 
these people really dig into prayer and, and with intensity and, and a fervent spirit. Wow. So that was the first weekend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a lot. And then Becca got sick on Sunday. My 19-year-old daughter's with me. So we've both been sick. But just, you know, trusting God to provide the energy. And frankly speaking, I was already kind of a little on the tired side before we left. So, um, But um, before we left, I feel like the Lord was giving me verses about... um, I don't have them in front of me about um, do not grow weary in doing good for we will reap if we do not grow weary, something like that. And it just felt like he was encouraging me and saying, you know what, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to give you what you need one day at a time. And so that's really what we're doing. We're just walking with him one day at a time. And then, and then Tuesday through Thursday, we did the um, Christian resources exhibition trade show here in um, near London in Sandown Park and it was um, way more than I expected so we had two booths one was a rogue Christian booth and right next to a blazing grace booth mm-hmm. and um, uh, we had people a couple came up to us um, and they got all excited about the ministry and the next thing I know um, the wife that night this was last night, I think. She sends me an email how she told the the biggest Christian radio in London and the whole UK about us, and, um, wow. trying to encouraging them to work with us to get get the word out. And then I did a seminar Tuesday morning, which it just seems like this whole trip has been opposed. So Tuesday morning was the first. Um, day of the show and usually when you do a seminar there um you don't want to be the first one up but that's the slot they had me and then of course as fortune had it there was a massive freeway accident on the big main freeway running the Heathrow not far away which jammed um traffic back so when I I'm entering the room and I'm thinking I'll be lucky to have two people there but the room packed out I was just like shocked and they, they, I mean, they just didn't wander in. They wanted to be there, and they'd already looked it up. And and then afterward, I, after I spoke, I shared my story, and then, um, and then I challenged them with, you know, um, don't just enjoy the talk, but now each one of you has a part to play, mm-hmm. and think about um, hosting a conference or going to your pastor and giving them books and. I gave away our books for free and or scheduling us for a conference when we come back. And right after that, um, two guys said, hey, we want to um, have you come speak at our church. And so there was that. And, um, and then I met a guy in Ireland and the next day, and he, he gave me several places to send books to and letters to. So it's like, I'm probably not. I'm not even remembering everything we encountered, but God just threw the doors wide open wow. for ministry here in the year in the UK this trip, and which probably explains mm. why so much warfare the last two or three weeks. And I know you're seeing it too, Sandy. Yes, I'm sitting here nodding in an agreement. Yes, that explains exactly why we've gone through so much warfare. So wow, 
continue. There sounds like quite the adventure. And then uh, there's a radio station, um, an FM radio station, Christian radio station in the south, and I made contact with them, and they're now looking at, we're having discussions on having Blazing Grace Radio air there in the UK on their radio station, so it's, is um, and then I did talk to other people. Um, the one couple I told you about, they said, if, "When you come back, we want to know when, because mm-hmm. we want to set things up." And and so um, we're going back in February, and uh, so um, that's that's where it is so far. And then tomorrow we fly to Finland. Wow. What's your Finland schedule look like? That's, I'm tired just listening to. No offense, I'm just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so what what's going on in Finland? I know you've sent us our schedule, but you know it's kind of nice to hear you talk about what you're expecting and what you're hoping for, and you know what kind of doors opening on that leg of the trip. Well, the other thing I'll just share is that um, when we first fly into London, you know, your jet lag and the challenge, though, is figuring out how to um, drive on the left side of the street without killing yourself and (laughs) going to default and driving on the right side. So um, driving takes more effort here for, you know, an outsider, but, and they love the roundabouts and you have to be extremely (laughs) careful, but. Um, so that's just a little bit of challenge on the international side, but also um, um, there's a lot more work with a bit more work getting over here now with COVID and having a vax card and getting tested before you come. And we'll be going to other countries and need to get tested before we go to eat most of them. So, mm-hmm. but to answer your question, um, Finland. Um, so Saturday in two nights, I'll be um, speaking at a men's meeting. And at a church um, just outside of Helsinki in the north. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, I'm scheduled to meet with our ministry partners there. And um, it's a couple, um, the Elliots, in Tamp here, near Tamp here. And but I just found out that their daughter has COVID. And oh. so she's quarantined and the. Uh, um, the father emailed me this morning and said he's feeling fluish. So, um, <laughs> you know, we'll just see what happens so far. Um, so far, the wife's doing okay. As far as I know, she just got tested and she's negative. Mm-hmm. Wow. This whole adventure, preparing for it and your trip, just shows that we just have to trust. And God will open the doors when he opens them and they'll be like, whoa, but we have to trust because we don't know what's going to happen. We have a lot of opposition, it sounds like, but it just works out always. Such amazing. So, so the men's group that you're going to, do you have, I know we don't know what God's going to do. Is there anticipated a lot of gentlemen? I know we... In the U.S., we, you know, what our groups look like and that kind of stuff. What's it look like out there in, you know, international? I know the churches love to pray. That's awesome. We could, you know, maybe learn some from that. What are the men's groups like out there? 
Well, this this particular men's group, this particular men's group at this church in Finland, I've not been to before. This was this is um, I'm going in blind, so I never I haven't been to this one. And uh, the Elliots, Jeff set that up. So, um, but but not all the churches. In fact, a lot of them don't pray um, in mm. the UK, and a lot of them are like you know what we have in the US with worship band and uh, the message. So, but I was pleasantly surprised what we saw last week. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm. I don't know. We'll see what uh, what it looks like. On Saturday. Right. Um, You know, I just kind of, it sounds like you're sharing, and please correct me if, you know, hearing you, I'm not understanding correctly, but that the problems that we experience in the U.S. in the ministry and in the groups and that kind of stuff and in our churches are worldwide. It's not just the U.S. in a lot of cases. Do you think that's accurate? Well, one person at the seminar I did on Tuesday, I did a little, I gave like five minutes for Q&A time, and one guy, in his exact words, he said there is a desperate, urgent need for churches in the U.K. to expose and deal with the porn epidemic there. Mm-hmm. And so, and they don't have as many ministries or resources out there as, as there are in the U.S., so, um, but they do recognize, I talked to quite a few people the last three days at the show, that um, we need to be equipped in this area, and we're not being, and I talked about the real Christian booth, <clears throat> and that was interesting. We often had quite a few people at that booth, and um, I remember one person coming up to me and saying um, that... Some of some of the writings I had there on the table, I had some articles, and one talked about the rogue way is to equip God's people to be overcomers, and he told me he'd not heard that approach before, that, you know, you go to church, you get your, um, you hear your sermon, you go home, but um, it, from a lot of what's in the rogue book is about equipping people to be warriors and fighters and overcomers and make their lives count for eternity. Hmm. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, it, it sounded like it clicked off. I was like, oh, oh we lost Mike, guys. But we didn't. Um, over it, it just, I know you're thousands of miles away, but it sounds like the same obstacles. We we know there's a need. You, I mean, the ministry has been going along for a long time. There's a need, but how... The churches are, you know, they don't know. Even when we tell them you need to equip your people, give them the resources, help them, walk with them, um, it's still, it sounds like even they're a taboo subject, and people are just ashamed and afraid. You know, like you said, one person joined or signed up for the group, yes, COVID and all these regulations, but there's still such a need. You've got people saying we need this. But they're ashamed, and that's the whole thing that keeps them in bondage. Is, do you agree it's worldwide? And Yeah, shame, fear, and also that um, Satan had strongholds at the top of church leadership that mm-hmm. 
not all, but you know, there is plenty there that um, we dare not, should not bring this up. It's gonna throw people out of their comfort zone or whatever it is. But some of them, a lot of pastors just haven't been equipped or trained on how to do that. And I mean, they've been, they've gone to seminary or Bible college and they've learned how to teach the Bible, but you know, it's not their fault that somebody hasn't showed them how to equip people, how um, to break through and walk out of whatever snare of sexual sin that they happen to be in. Wow. Well, it sounds like it's definitely been an encouraging trip. You're running into a lot of people. You're getting a lot of support. And um, it, that's amazing. What would you share um, with all our listeners about um, what they could do, you know, what you're talking to the people out there about, how they can help equip people? and how to walk with them. I know we talk about it in the ministry all the time, but you are getting to share both sides across the world. What's the best thing we could share with people to become better witnessing, better, you know, um, mentors for people to walk through this? I think it begins with prayer. I think um, every believer has to be um, build their life around their God-given priorities, and you just can't have a passionate love relationship with the Lord without extended time in prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's not two minutes a day, that's more like an hour a day, every day, and it's not like we're we're going to hit that every single day, but prayer's got to be become um, our way of life, especially during these times. And, mm-hmm. and the, But there's... Um, a lot that could be done. I mean, anything from holding a conference to going to your pastor and saying, hey, we need to open this shit you up, or telling people about the radio show, or giving pastors free books. We we gave away the rogue books out of the booth, because I didn't want money to be a hindrance. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get the message out. and So we gave away quite a few books. Um, at the at the booth, and and I even told when I did a seminar, I said, "Give, take these books, give them to somebody in a leadership position. Tell them the need to deal with this, and and don't just you know take in what I've given you and go home and and do nothing with it." So everybody and I told them, "Each you each have a part to play. You can't just sit there in the sidelines." Mm. Action. <laughs> You're calling for action. Yeah, right. So, wow. And, you know, that's the biggest thing um, I think we experience in the U.S. is um, we need action. We need to take time and actually walk with people, not just say pray about it. Let's pray together about it. Um Mike, I just got the two-minute warning, <laughs> so you know what that means. Um and I know you got to get going, and I, we will continue pray for you, and we ask that you rest. But before you leave, you got two minutes or a little less. Share what you want us to take for the next week while you're out there. Besides praying for you, um, well, actually praying for us. 
Um, that's um, there's, like we discussed. There's a lot of opposition all the way through this trip, but there's also a lot of hunger out of here. So mm, that's beautiful. Um, you know, we need God's power to go before us and to continue to open the doors and um, and to um, build on what He's given us this trip. Mm-hmm. in the ways he wants us to. Um, but I can go back to, you know, everybody has a way they can make a difference and make an impact. Wow. Whether it's telling a pastor or a men's group or a wife's group about, hey, there's somebody in, or plenty of people in our church that need help with this or whatever it is. Um, yes. Everybody has a part to play. Yes. I agree with you 100%. Well, Mike, it's time for me to let you go. Thank you so much for calling in. And I know what I'm going to ask everybody we talk to in our prayer groups to keep praying for you and Rebecca and this trip and all that you're doing. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, Ed. Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. 